Business Brass Tacks. I'm your host, Alyssa Adams. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome to episode two. We're going to talk about, we're just dive right on in, into sales preparation. And this is multiple different steps. It's a huge variety of goodies that we're going to roll out. And I apologize in advance. I've got a little bit of a bug in my throat, so wasn't going to let it stop me for episode two, but let's go ahead and head on into it. We're going to first start off with environment prepping. Now, this may be a foreign concept to some of you or something that you don't really think about often, but it essentially is that moment when your client enters your building. Now, this is a huge indicator for several people, and I'm going to ask you to join this journey with me from your own viewpoint. And this is where you think about, okay, Is it warm enough in here? And then you think about the people on your team, right? And is it the people that have the foot heaters underneath them, those that have fans on their desk, coats on the back of their chair, whatever the case may be, or maybe even just the air conditioner is blasting and it's on igloo status. So you have to think about it from a comfortable standpoint. Not what you think is comfortable, but what your client is going to think is comfortable. And do they feel warm and welcome enough to stay a little bit? Because you need them there for a bit so you can work with them. You need to have not only just a temperature, but how does it feel when they come in there, right? So what is it that brings them in and how do they feel from a temperature standpoint? And how does it smell? I know that sounds crazy, but it's such a key factor. How does it smell? Do you have fresh flowers? And it's this amazing floral fragrance that exudes everywhere. Did you just have somebody's dog come in, wet dog smell? I mean, it's it, it's a thing. So did you have that happen? Did somebody just bring you coffee and you've got coffee resonating all through the air? Or did someone accidentally just eat Thai food in the back office and you've got you everywhere? You've got to think about these factors because it does play a part in someone's emotional experience when they're with you on this journey. The next piece is is obviously when they get in, they feel the vibe, they can smell everything, and then they look to see where they're going to go next. And that's going to be your comfy space of your chairs. So when you're looking at the chairs within your office or lack of chairs that you provide for your client, where is this person going to sit? How do they feel? And is it welcoming? Is the chair that you've provided too short? That you've got someone, you know, that's too tall and they're banging their knees on their chin? Or is it too tall and you've got someone that's short and their feet are dangling? Or maybe it's too close to the desk and they bust their knee on it. I mean, there's just a variation of things that could happen. But you need to put the pieces in play of how does this work with your person that's coming in the door. And obviously, you're going to have a variation of people that come in. But it's up to you to really figure out, is this the right fit? Because anything can be changed. Another piece that I feel is such a key factor is having privacy. So there is a portion of those folks that come in the door, no matter what you're selling, whether it be apartments, and you know, I'll always relate back to multifamily housing industry because that's my bread and butter. But in general, if you can translate this to other pieces too, if you're selling cell phones or services, or just try and translate it to how you could benefit from this. But more than not, I'm going to offer it back to the multifamily housing industry. With that being said, privacy is such a key piece. We often have people come in the door 
And you want to make sure that they open up because if they don't open up, you're not doing your job. They've got to open up. They have to feel comfortable with you. You've got to dig for those awesome nuggets of information from them, which we did discuss about in episode one. Now, that being said, privacy is so key because there may be that point when that person comes in and they're looking for that apartment and they're having a really rough day or their boss is not being so great to them and they want to open up and they want to talk about why they want to move or how their day was going or what's going on. Are they going to feel comfortable in the environment that you're providing them? Will they feel comfortable in discussing anything or is their business now everybody's business? There's, you know, Molly over here getting coffee. You've got Cindy over here grabbing a package and just everybody's around. So it's the hustle and bustle of a busy office. However, that's for you to kind of understand and really play into that piece. Another piece, it's always that five piece of sight, smell, you know, hearing, feeling. It's all those pieces that you're encompassing into this process. That being said, of course, what are they hearing when they're interacting with you? Now, a lot of offices have, and me personally, I can't function unless music's playing. It's just, I'm cuckoo like that. It's just, I have to have music. Now, all of us have music that plays, and sometimes it's softer, lighter. Sometimes there's expectations from ownership groups, or maybe you're not allowed to have music at all, and what vibe does that create? But if you are jamming out to Backstreet Boys' Greatest Hits, Pirate Metal, chill mode coffee music, pump up party hits, or jamming out to the Beatles. All of these play a part in the vibe that you're presenting to your future client, resident, partner, whatever the case may be. You are providing that vibe for them and you set that tone. It's all in your control, whether it be the smell, the music, the chair, the vibe, the privacy. You have all of those pieces within your own control. This is all, and keep in mind, This is all before you have that opportunity to show off either your product, your community, or whatever you're trying to sell. You have this opportunity to create this amazing first impression experience for someone prior to you trying to sell or show or whatever your next step may be in that adventure. The second layer to your first impression of this part is going to be your projected imagery. Now, whether you think so or not, how you present yourself to somebody from head to toe is a key factor for them. I know that it may be a weird scenario, but think about when you're, you know, going to purchase something or you're going to meet something, meet someone, or you're going to an event, you immediately by default resonate with somebody within that crowd or a vibe or something. You pick it up. It's naturally. It's your subconscious. It's talking to you. So your projected imagery is a piece for that. What you physically say without actually speaking is basically a good way to look at it. So if you were to look at yourself right now, what are you saying to other people without even opening your mouth? Do you have a wrinkled shirt? Is your hair just crazy town belief? You know, are you wearing wild patterns? Are you having these fancy schmancy socks? What is it that you have that you're actually telling somebody else without speaking. And that's a key piece because I know just in general, in life, people resonate towards those, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So whatever you have is what's going to happen with that client. They're going to feel it. 
Now, you obviously need to greet that person. So if you're, you know, you really need to think about that part, right? Think about when you go into a restaurant and how you feel greeted or you go into a store and if the lack of greeting that it is, you already are set into a space because you have a certain vibe at that point. Now, when you greet somebody and there's always great protocols or certain things that people say you need to do, there's things that you don't do at all and maybe need to do. Now, with that being said, you need to really think about your, not an elevator pitch, but more so your greeting that you provide to somebody else. Now, whether it's do you stand up and shake their hand immediately? Are they coming up to you because you're not getting up? Do you fist bump them? Are you high-fiving? Did you hug them immediately or do you have a traditional handshake? What is it that you're doing? Do you go and open the door for them because you know you have this appointment and walk them over to their chair, pull, you know, pull it out for them, welcome them on in? What are you doing that's different? Are any Is anybody doing anything different? Is everybody doing it the same? How are you setting yourself apart and creating that great experience and that first impression for that person that when they leave, they're like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe he did blah, 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 right? And they're going to they're gonna tell people, whether you like it or not, power of words is crazy. So that's a piece. Before they even get to your door, and I guess I kind of totally skipped on this, is your curb appeal. So what does your outside of your building say to that person? Because oftentimes curb appeal is such a crazy piece in this that if it's ugly from the outside, they're not coming inside. And that's just matter of fact. Think about any time you pull up into an establishment and it's looking a little suspect or skeptical, you're probably not going to journey around to find a parking spot, park, come in and deal with everything if you already have a negative mindset. Now, curb appeal is both from the exterior piece and the interior piece slightly. So you want to make sure your outside's great. But for instance, if you are touring an apartment, condo, house, whatever the case may be, you also want to make sure that you are touring your tour path first and foremost. It should never be at a point when you're with somebody and they notice something before you do, especially if it's a negative piece, whether it be trash, you got dog feces somewhere, maybe bird poop, like you just don't want it. So you want to make sure that that's spick and span, that their experience is 100% through and through. You can't always rely on the groundskeepers, the maintenance guys, your landscapers. You can't always 100% count on them because even at the end of the day, if they've done something amazing, 10 minutes from now, there's no telling if somebody's let their dog out and they went and had a party. So you've got to make sure that you're good to go on that front. Beyond that, if you are in an apartment community, you probably have a model, right? You've got your number one, like top of the line, fancy pants spot where you take prospects, whether it be, you know, investors, new folks, your comp shops, whatever it is, you probably always take people to this number one home. Or if you're all the way occupied and you're trying to pre-lease homes or, you know, you've got that one home that you go and look at, you want to make sure that your model resonates the true experience and embodies that lifestyle that you're trying to cater to within your community. If it doesn't, then why? And how can you fix it? Have you tried to think about it? If you're not the person in place that's able to make those decisions, raise your hand. Everybody likes a little bit of feedback. Sometimes, you know, when you walk through a place, 
You don't necessarily see it. You walk past it and you don't think about it because you've seen it so many times. When you have that new, fresh perspective, you're like, oh, you're right. Like, we need to get this done or we need to fine tune it or, oh, yeah, that would look good or let's spice it up a little bit. Let's change the vibe a little bit. So raise your hand or provide those, you know, pieces for your boss or your supervisor or whoever is the person in charge to make those decisions. Or if you've got those, like, be empowered, make that change. Next, when you're out there and you're working with somebody and you're trying to close that deal because it's, you know, getting that product off the line, you have to think about your location foreclosure. So when I think about this in an apartment situation is, Where is my default spot in closing? Where am I always asking for that sale? Where do I go? Is it different with every person? Is it always the same? I know that when I've had teams, a lot of the time they wait until they do the full meal deal tour of the entire community and then they bring that person back into the office where then it comes back into a formal state. You don't always close that sale because it's kind of like, oh, now I'm asking for your money. Here it goes. So, Having an awesome process with closing is going to be a key factor in knowing your client when you're working with them. So if you're going back into your office after the tour and you've got people walking by, residents coming in to get doggy treats, you know, vendors walking by getting keys, and it's that environment, chances are you're not going to sell that place. You're just not because that person's not feeling comfortable. They don't want to you know, start giving off their information and giving pay stubs. Like they're not in the spirit of it anymore because you've taken that experience away from them. So think about this. Think about if you are on tour and it could be mid-tour. You could have not even seen the rest of your amenities. You haven't seen the rest of them. So think about if you're on that rooftop, your amazing, gorgeous rooftop that has views upon views of the mountains and the water and the skyline and just it's fantastic up there. And you love it. And this person you know loves it. Think about if you were to close there before you actually get back into the office, before you actually finish showing them your locker system and whatever your next steps are in your tour path. If that person you know is totally sold on your community and they came in that front door because they liked your rooftop, you better hone in on that bad boy and get that sale on that rooftop because now they've envisioned themselves there. They're there. They're there. That's why they were brought there and close on them. Think about if you are too shy and you don't ask that person for the deposit, for that sale, or, you know, when they walk out of that door, there's no telling where the heck they're going. And there could be somebody right around the corner that has something similar to you, but you didn't ask. And this person does. And they're already halfway through that process of wanting to say yes. You've now missed that sale. You've missed it because chances are they're not coming back. There's too much product in the world in general with any industry that you've got to close on every solid piece, especially if they came to you because there was something you had that they wanted. Also think about if you let them leave and then you try and call them back later and you get no phone calls, no emails or anything. It's no fun. You know, you worked your butt off through that tour. Make every tour count. Don't ever let somebody leave without asking or trying to really dig and get to them. Of course, we don't want any, you know, crazy sales pitches that don't even seem genuine and true to that person. But you also need to be in a state when you're wanting to sell and close on it, right? Now, think about 
why you close where you close, where you could close if you had an opportunity to close somewhere else, and finding somewhere where you can mix it up. Like you can trial run spaces. You don't always have to close on the rooftop. If someone's scared of heights, please don't bring them up there and try and close up there because chances are that's not going to be a good scenario for you. Find that perfect moment and space for each person that you're with and you will have key pieces to selling that home. When that resident feels the most comfortable and can truly visualize themselves in that community, you're literally in the home stretch. You're just right on the edge of being there. Beyond all these initial triggers, it's emotion-based. And you are there to kind of evoke that emotion. It's, you know, the human mind is based on the theory of emotion. You know, photos, visual aspects, smell, taste, feelings, vibes, all those good fun things. Now, in general, we shuffle through our memory to pair it with something else. So imagine this. Imagine a real life game of memory. We've all played memory. Everyone loves memory. We've all done it at some point. But a real life game of memory constantly going on in your brain. Now I'm going to challenge you. Think back on a time when you went into a business, a home, a restaurant, a friend's house, and your action was, whoa, it smells like in here. And I just left it blank for you because you can fill it in. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. So whether it be it smells like Whole Foods Deli, Bath and Body Works Wallflowers, Fresh Baked Apple Pie, or a Soggy Wet Dog, you automatically have already tried to resonate that with something else. Also, there can be a piece of besides smell, because I'm all about smells, is you can walk into a place and be like, whoa. My friend just bought an area rug just like that. Or, wow, he looks just like so-and-so. We've all got doppelgangers, right? You're always, your mind is always trying to shuffle through and find something that they can relate to. We simply thrive off the idea of finding commonality because it brings comfort to us. It's familiar. So each smell, item, piece of artwork, social media photo, they all tie to a memory or thought when you glance at it, and, and I challenge you, scroll through your Instagram, scroll through someone else's Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, and tell me what your vibe is. Maybe you don't even know this person, but it gives you something. Again, think about this. We, by default, pick something as our favorite because it resonates with you. So if you go to a business's, and I love all the foodie Instagrams, but if you go to someone's business page and you look at it and there's those nine tiles of Instagram photos, there's one photo that's going to stick out to you the most and you probably will double tap that like button because you felt some type of way about it. So just always think about that experience and the thought behind it. Now, depending on the community or product that you're offering, it's always up to you to find that wow factor or that hidden gem. And each community and product they have one or many, and it's always based on clearly the client that you're working with. You as the associate, how are you working that tour? So I will leave you with this. I've got an amazing quote that I think is awesome, and it definitely ties, and it is, trust the vibes you get. Energy is real. Just remember, when you're with your client, 
Try and make that magic grow. Vibes are real. People can feel them. Everyone does. Thank you so much for listening to episode two. I truly appreciate all the support from episode one and cannot wait to hear the feedback. I would love if you guys subscribed and liked, of course. And you can reach me at businessbrasstax at gmail. Should there be any questions, concerns, comments, or topics that you would like to discuss, I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much.